Raspberry is um, something we are having fun, and it, it could be a lifestyle, sure, but it's also a habit, a hobby. If you strip、mm-hmm. furry away, and if you got nothing, that means all your life is you spend on furry. You're kind of not focusing on what's happening in the real world. I agree. I, I think I think those are strong words, and those are true words. You're tuning into the Fox and Burger podcast. Where we bring you closer to the Asian side of the furry fandom, one episode at a time. I'm your co-host Michael Demacha Fox, and today we're bringing a previous guest back to the podcast, Kofu the Lion. In this episode, we checked in on our old friend to see what his life has been like since all the way back in episode two. We discussed which local cons and events he's been to, and helped with in North Carolina, the time he brought his sister to a Taiwanese fur con, and his future prospects in professional development. We're really excited to talk with our returning guest Kofu. So sit back, relax, have a biendang, and enjoy the episode. Okay, welcome、uh, Kofu back to the pod. Thank you, Michael. It's been quite some time when、uh, I got on the podcast, even though we just saw each other. Yeah, it's it's been quite some time. I think it was like, oh my gosh, it's been about like three years, I think, because we started the pod back in January 2021. And so、um, it's about to be a full three years since like we've started the pod. And as you know, well, as our audience hopefully knows, you were the first person、uh, to be on the podcast. So it's really like an honor to have you back again.、Um, we wanted to bring you back because we wanted to know about like how things have been since we last met you, since we last interviewed you back in 2021. Gotcha.、Um, we want to know like what are like what's been going on in your life, and then also just maybe talk about like Infinity 2023. Um, you and I both attended Infernity, so you can tell us like about your thoughts about Infernity, and then、um, kind of like your the last thing would be like kind of like your adventures, like your life in America. Like, has it changed? How do you feel? And maybe a little bit of comparison, contrast with like how like Taiwanese conventions or how Taiwanese furs act and behave. Sure. So, wow, it really has been a while since、uh, we last talked on the、yeah. podcast.、Um, mm-hmm. I was. I actually had to keep notes of what I actually did because a lot of it was gone. <laughs> you know.、Um, yeah, I hear you flipping through your notes right now. <laughs> it's so. I wouldn't say frustrating, but like, oh, what did I do yesterday? I don't know. Let's just do more things today. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So after we talked, I actually cleaned up my parents' house and sold it. Um. Buying and selling was not fun. <laughs> Uh, oh wow! It's part of adulting, I guess.、Uh, I get to experience yeah, part. It's like it. the home back in Taiwan, right? We still have home back in Taiwan, thankfully. That's where my mom and my sisters are right now. Oh, so you're saying you sold your your home, like their home in America, or in America? Yes. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah, but I live in a different city, so I had to go back and forth. Whenever I have time to move things and getting things taken care of, you know. Right. Uh, same year, around April, May ish, we had our very first gathering of、uh, local furries that I'm very close with.、Um, upon then, we haven't seen each other in person for you name it the、uh, the duration of pandemic that people are supposed、mm-hmm. to keep distance. You know,、um, that was very good to see each other again in person and talk and have a drink. And after that,、um, Michael, I have a question for you. Yeah. Uh, do you know Aina, or do you know? Do you think your audience know who Aina is? 
Um, I know who Aina is. I remember he's uh, that one Taiwanese fur who um, studied what he did his master's in the U.S. Uh, but would you like to briefly introduce him? Sure. Yeah, just as you said, Aina is a study abroad student who is an engineer, came from Taiwan. He's a blue angel dragon. So in May, I believe, um, at the end of his turn that year, he wanted to find something to do. So he came up and he came down to North Carolina and visited me. And at the time, because we're just coming out of the pandemic, there's yeah. pretty much nothing to do uh, nearby where I live. So we drove down to Georgia further and went to a Renaissance fair at that time. At the time, I not never been to Renaissance fair or know what to expect. Uh. So everything is pretty much new and exciting for him. Not only that, we also met up with some other furries. So happened to attend the Renaissance fair at that day. So we teamed up together. Yeah. What year was this again? Like the Renaissance, uh, was that like in 2021 or was that last year? That was 2021. Gotcha. So Ina came to like go see you guys. Like he drove over there. Correct. Well, people who knows about Ina, he drove. If he has a car, he'll go anywhere and everywhere. Yeah. True. True. What else has been going on in your life? So like you met Ina, but like like what about like conventions or like what else? What else have you been doing? Somewhere between summer and twenty twenty one. Um, right before I went to preparing for my very first big town that year, my mom got into an accident. So mm -hmm. I had to be back in Taiwan for roughly two, three months. Um, I'm not sure have we actually met or talked during that period of time, Michael, but um, I was in Taiwan. I before. can't remember. Yeah, that was 2021. Yeah, I was there for about roughly two, three months, but um, mainly dealing with family stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, at the same year, I think that was when BOFC took place. People told me that was the very first con that happened after pandemic i'm not sure if that's ah, true right. or not i can't remember either but um yeah i went to bofc right after taiwan that was october 2021 yeah there was a lot of people and maybe because people haven't seen each other for a while it was pretty weird you know yeah yeah is isn't one of those cons where they said like you had to be like fully vaxxed and you had to like wear a mask i think i think so yeah yeah at least for that year i, rem I remember that was like a big thing like they said you, you had to show proof that you got like fully vaxxed not just like one dose but like i think it was two at the time yeah i believe that was the case yeah so that become a requirement for a lot of conventions at that time but the really one thing that's kind of weird is because I believe after people haven't seen each other or having normal social interactions on a regular basis, this was the very first big, big con that people went back mm -hmm. to. And yeah. I feel a lot of people weren't exactly sure how to interact with each other. So even though we all had a good time, it's also kind of awkward just warming up when people seeing each other in compared to like, if you haven't seen a friend for a while in a normal situation, you catch up pretty quick. Yeah. As you know, I live in North Carolina. We had our yep. very first convention, well, very first local convention nearby me. What's that called? It's called Bewhiskered. B-E-W-H-I-S-K-E-R-E-D. It's a very long word. Whoa. We had our very first small count, the attendance 
kept at 400 because we don't want more people to possibly spread COVID, but also want to make sure everyone will still have fun and keep personal space. So, and and that was what year again? 2021 or that, 2022? That was at 2021. Oh wow! Yeah, a lot a okay. lot happened. Congrats! Oh wow! <laughs> sure. And it was successful and coming to 2022, yay, finally, last year. In the mountains, we also have another regional convention called Blue Ridge Fur Fest, uh, short for BRFF. Uh, that one happened in Asheville, North Carolina. And then after that, um, I did some uh, regional Burning Man stuff, not the thing at the Black Rock City. Um, the regionals are just kind of like small furry cons that uh, attendance is a lot smaller. The cultural and the vibe yeah. may be slightly different than the big, big event, but the concept is still there. You go camping and then hang out with people and uh, enjoy each other's company and provide what you have, that kind of stuff. I've never been to a single Burning Man, but like it doesn't really seem to be my thing, but I wouldn't mind doing anything Burning Man related like at least once, like whether it be the regional or the big one. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's a really weird not weird. I hate to use this word weird because it makes things sound abnormal. But um, they yeah. are surrounding by the idea that if you have something to bring to the table and that's enjoy each other's time together, um, let's do it. And also when we do that, we don't need to rely on each other's support. We support ourselves. That kind of concept. And I really liked it. Okay. And then AC Anthrocon went back in place, um, happened in 2022. And... I was so excited I met Ticket Flip that year and he was invited as oh, a wow. guest of honor. I, I saw him for the first time at Furum literally just this past weekend. He was the GOH for Furum. Oh, nice. Um that like I never met a guy with that many followers like in my entire life if that if if I'm allowed to say but he still seems down to earth. I didn't really talk to him. I just really saw him. Um I was a super sponsor and there was like a meet and greet, but at that at that time, I think I was having dinner, so like I basically missed out on like the one chance to actually get to talk to him a bit more. But anyway, yeah, like you said, next time I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're missing big Michael, but <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, like you said, he's really down to earth guy. Um, I don't know if he thinks himself a furry or not. If not, he's right, very right. much furry adjacent. Yeah. Yeah. So when he showed up at Anthrocon, he was actually really, really excited. He was really down to earth. When I, I work at AC, so I had a chance to have dinner with him. So, but like dinner is um, not sitting at the same table, just like everyone sitting in their own table. But I took my chance and went up and talked to him. I really was <laughs> just want to introduce myself and say my gratitude. Like, hey, I really appreciate what you do online and what you said to people in all sorts of different community because he's not only interacting with furries. And I thought he was just like, oh, I thank you very much and then move on. But no, he sit there and start having a conversation with me. And he yeah. said his English wow. was not great at the time. I would call that BS. He had a full-on conversation with me and that was really great. He's like, so appreciate how um, the defendant uh, receives him and how he's able to be more of himself just hanging out in the yeah. That was so great. Yeah, so Infernity um, 2023 was uh, just this past Infernity, like literally like a, a month and what, a half ago or something. And um, honestly, like, 
you know, Infinity is, is kind of like Christmas to me. It's like that one thing that happens every year and it's like the big thing. Like it's so much hype and there's, you know, so much like people coming, especially nowadays, the past like couple of years, like we've broken like the 1K, uh, the 1K attendee mark. We had like 2K attendees, was it? Didn't we have like 2K this year? Like two point something? I feel that vibe kind of gives me, we already had 2K attendees. So I was going to say yes, but I, I cannot look up the actual figures right now. Yes, yeah, so it's 2K something this year. And like like I said, the point I'm trying to make is like, it's a big thing. Infernity is, is, has been a big thing in my life ever since I came to Taiwan. So I'm pretty biased. Like I, I, I like Infernity. That's my home con technically. That's like my local con. And I enjoy every basically every moment of it. I will admit that I didn't feel like I did enough during this Infernity. So I feel like next Infernity, I really want to do more. I really want to go out and like, whether it be like, maybe do two parties in a row or maybe do like a photo shoot or maybe do like a dinner like hey i'm gonna do a big dinner on saturday who wants to come that kind of thing like or like a private dinner like let's go to hot pot you know nearby something like that so i'm kind of thinking to myself like um i just feel like i didn't do enough and so um but i still had i still had a lot of fun yeah i'll say that much but for you, like, you know, like, obviously you you live in the States and, you know, what kind of keeps you like going back to Infernity? Because you were one of the first people I met at Infernity, I think. Like, I met, remember I met you in 2017 and I was like, I think I was wearing a suit, right? I was wearing a suit like I, I did back back then. And I think I went up to like, like the con ops booth or whatever. And I think I was just like talking to you and Shu, I think, or is it you and Malik's? And then, like, we just kind of, like, talked a little bit. But, like, anyway, the question is, like, what kind of keeps you, you know, going back to Infernity? I keep going back to Infernity because I've been, as you said, I live in the U.S. So I've been attending American conventions for a little while. JC and his partners, by partner, I mean, like, um, staff and people he works with, wanted to yeah. bring. They also visited conventions here in the U.S. and they want to bring out Atmosphere back to home and see how this right how people feel about it so mm -hmm. we all wanted to make that happen so i tried to um help whenever i could mostly ideas because after a little while i did move back to us mm -hmm. but um jc and his team was able to do a lot of research and merge different cultures together to make something that taiwanese would enjoy but I also have a vibe that's coming from foreign land you know so yeah i keep going back to infinity i want to see how this event grows and i also want to support it of course yeah i was still pretty blown away by like you know the adaptation and the change and like the effort that everyone you know on the staff and volunteers that they put in to create the thing called infinity that's one of the things that keeps me like going back you know like the efforts the dedication and like the willingness to like learn the willingness to change and then the second thing that keeps me going is like my friends like it's a pretty i just it's just the two main things for me <laughs> you're right um having event that creates a reason for people to gather consider we're living in a time that time and energy need to be spent on the spot so you want to go to one thing and see everyone i think convention is perfect for that could you tell us like a couple of like interesting stories then, you know, from Infernity this year that, that you that you are able to share? This one might be a little hard, actually. Uh, or at least maybe one story. One story. <laughs> yeah, I can talk about my sister a little bit. So 
Many of you may or may not have met her, but she was at Infernity this year. Yes, yes, I remember that. So, so the reason she came along is because we originally have a lot of uh, people coming to Taiwan for Infernity, but uh, in the end, it was just me and my roommates, uh, Kibat and Vignette, and we still have one extra seat. Uh, extra spot in in the room. Originally, my roommate and I agreed to just keep it, and we can have our own space and just chill. We don't have to deal with anyone that's not everyone knows about in the room, you know. Um, mm -hmm. Then, well, my sister doesn't seem to object with the, my hobby, so I'm like, let me ask my roommate and my sister if it's if it's okay for people for them to meet and for her to go to the con. She said yes. So she came with me from Tainan to do Infernity. And mm -hmm. she before then, she never been to any furry events. All her knowledge... Wow, now you... Oh, I guess, like, I guess she has never been to like a real fur meet or like a real fur con. Correct. It's, uh, I guess it applies to everyone. Like, if you know your family isn't interested in subcultural or nerdy stuff, you don't want to bring them into your world because it's a big risk on someone else impact your own. In, impact your private life, right? Yeah, yeah. So she doesn't object the idea, and she knows I'm a furry. She actually have um fursuit head made by Long Long Dragon X Two. It's a oh my god! It's a tiger head. And she has a tiger head. She has a tiger head from Long Long. Interesting. Maybe you can flash it on the screen if we uh if you can send us the picture for that like later. Yeah. If there is one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually have one or two photos. Yeah, that'd be great so like the audience can see like what we're talking about. Right. So I had to explain to her what this culture is actually about. And she has her own perceptions like from an outsider. So it's interesting to know that even though someone who may have some idea about what we do, what do they actually know about maybe a little different than what we practice. Yeah, exactly. It's not every day that you bring like a family member to, to a furry convention. And then it's really nice that that family member is not like weirded out by by the thing called furry yeah and she's really eager to participate she follows me everywhere i went well maybe it's a kind of parental thing like i want to make sure my my little brother's okay but she was uh, <laughs> definitely open to the idea of checking out everything when she's able to yeah so we went to uh opening we went to parade we did group photo shoot, that kind of stuff. Like, I would say the big items on the con schedule. What do you think, you know, sets Infernity apart from other cons? I, I think we asked that about, like, JC. Um, what's your opinion, though? Like, what do you think, what do you think makes Infernity special? I think Infernity is special not only because the cultural aspect that's a that is different than American cons. That's like the baseline difference. But I think the big difference is that because people in other countries such as US or maybe Europe, people can take a length time off during work hours, like uh, you take PTO away from your job for two or three days, sometimes even a week or two. From my understanding, that's not quite an option for people in Taiwan. Or rather, people will save out their, um, I think they call it Tosho, in our turn it's PTO. Oh, right, right. For more important subjects that they want to do, like for family issues, someone have a wedding, and they want to 
go out of the country for a length period of time. That comes harder for Taiwanese. So in the U.S., we can just take a few days here and there without restrictions. In comparison, infinity people go to infinity and other very events in Taiwan. They have to actually save up their time off to make this happen. Right, right. So I think for people able to do infinity, it's really big because people need、mm-hmm. to save up for it, need to sacrifice part of their vacation just to make this happen.、Um, yeah. And of course, the vibe Infinity carries. I think it starts with、um, we only have one schedule, and everybody do this one thing, and that's it. And progress into like we have a, a variety of things to do、uh, within given time. So that's very normal for American cons to do. Like in an hour, there will be so many things happening on the stage in different panel rooms. But that wasn't really an option for Infinity and other Taiwanese events until recently, and I think、yeah. that opens people's mind and idea. Not only you're on a crunched time <laughs> this weekend, but you also need to pick the very one thing you need to do at this particular time. Some people have been to a convention long enough; they will just start seeing friends and go out for a meal or drinking and party and don't do anything con-related. That's Has, <laughs> you know, that has happened a lot、yeah. in American cons because that's yeah, that's what they go for. And infinity that, that almost sounds like me. Well, <laughs> almost, <laughs> I would say that's for experienced con attendees to start venturing that direction. But for infinity, because everything is still kind of relatively new and fresh, even though people have done one thing that may have been recurring. For conventions to happen, such as a parade, photo shoot, and other stuff that becomes、yeah. a tradition at that particular convention, people still make time to attend those instead of like, okay, we're just gonna do our own thing, and then whatever happens at con, that's not our business. So, I think that's a really big different mindset between people going to US cons and versus people going to Infinity. Yeah, but I have a slightly different angle I want to take with this question. I I think I want to say that like maybe maybe like the interesting thing that Infinity does is like it's trying to provide like an American con experience and bring that to Taiwan. I think that's that's what sets it apart from other cons in Asia, from what I can see at least. I think that's what JC said to me like in the interview we had with him like like a year ago. I think I think we can nitpick and we can kind of look into the details about like what makes Infinity. Like special on its own, but I think the mission, I guess, the mission is special. I think the mission is is to provide like a U.S. style con experience and bring that to、uh, Taiwan and bring that to Asia, technically, and and I appreciate that.、Uh, I don't know if Infernity is actually similar to a U.S. con. I think that's maybe that's a discussion for another time. But at the very minimum, I think that's what their mission is, as far as I know. Yeah, I think you're right. It's kind of like you. Try to bring a vibe into your culture, and then、yeah. trying to mishmash and see if it works out with、um, the people you're with. And if it works out, then great. Our people are able to accept the idea and hang out in a U.S. kind of style event. And I'm glad it worked out. Yeah. This next question actually is about you. It's about your background. Um, we know that you have left Taiwan, and we know that you became a U.S. citizen.、Uh, when did you actually become a U.S. citizen? So I became a U.S. citizen when I first came with my parents 
in 2002. Um, that was a while Oh, wow. Back. So you, you've, been, you've been a U.S. citizen like over like 20 years, was it? Yeah, I think so. Well, there, wow. there give and take some years I spent back in Taiwan as well. So I would say probably 50-50 at this point. But from the point you were born to the point you can remember things, you do really count that. Yeah. I mean, like, when did you become, like, a naturalized U.S. citizen? That's probably about 2006, 2007, I would say. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. Gotcha. So it's been some time. I, but, I mean, like, what what was the reason, like, why you wanted to do that? Because, you know, you were born and raised in Taiwan. Like, was there something more interesting in the U.S.? Or, like, what, what reasons did you have to become a citizen? I came here with my parents, and I was still underage at the time, so I didn't really have a say mm -hmm. in family decision, so I just came along. Right. And after I did my school, um, I started knowing more people over here. I started seeing here more like um, home, I guess. It's a yeah. really weird way to look at this, because after this infinity, I definitely had crisis trying to call which place is home, and a lot of People online told me like, why not both? I'm like, okay, I can I can certainly do that. Yeah, yeah. But I I like here more because I um, kind of already grew my roots here and I know the places, I know the people, so it kind of natural naturally for me to stay here after school. For you, did you find it easy to integrate into American society? For me, it was uh, I would say a little difficult to begin with. Mm -hmm. But only because I was pretty much fresh off the boat. So much same to you when you came to Taiwan, it probably was a little for difficult sure, for as sure. well. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I've, I think I've told you several stories about, you know, integration in Taiwanese society. And it's it was very hard. Yeah. Yeah, it was not easy, but um, I didn't have to grow up and did the most difficult part being in elementary school, middle school, high school here, because that's when people find differences between each other, they bully the heck out of you. But I came yeah. here as a high school graduate, so I went straight to college. There's still mm -hmm. some kind of bully happened, but not so much in a, uh, I'm going to beat your ass, that kind of attitude. Yeah. More yeah. of um, like, well, we're different and I don't like you. That's that kind of differences. So may not yeah. qualify as a bully, but um, we quickly outgrew it and... When I went to actual college, because I started with um, community college, when I actually went to school and people have actual important matter, they need to focus instead of everyone else, Yeah, yeah. whole attitude changed. So at that time, I was able to go to class and do my own business. And that's how I learned furries. And I kind of stick within the furry groups ever since. And when you are in the furry culture, I think you are naturally or covered as you are one of us kind of attitude in this group. So I was very, I feel safe. I feel yeah. I can learn a lot from these people I'm hanging out with. I don't need to make extra friends, I guess, at the time. But now I'm looking back, that was a mistake. I should definitely get to know more people mm -hmm. outside the fandom. Sure, 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 sure. Um, but yeah, I, was, I feel safe and I was... Um, surrounding myself with furries and learned almost everything from furries back then even today so so like furry was like a safety net for you or like a place to be yourself a place to feel safe even though like you had like these issues integrating in american society like furries understood you definitely they the integration definitely mellowed down a lot because 
not every yeah. single soul you meet on the street, no matter here or in Taiwan, have the patience to hear what you hear, who you are, or what you're about to say. But within the friend group, they definitely make that happen for you. Yeah. Do you feel that there is like a difference between like Taiwanese and American furs? You know, like like do you see any perceivable differences? Of course,、um, I would say mostly based on how people grew up. Each country and grew up in different culture, so each individual is different, of course. But overall, if you're living in a country versus another, yeah, your adaptation of you as a person now will mostly came from what you learn about around you. So, if you grew up as an American kid or Taiwanese kid, you basically behave and think differently.、Um, of course. So that kind of goes back to like we're talking about American first, Taiwanese first, or just American kids and Taiwanese kids in general, you know? Yeah, yeah, I I kind of agree. Like I feel like in general, like I think JC said said it very similarly. Like when you're when you're saying Taiwanese first and American first, I feel like you're kind of just saying like Taiwanese people and American people. Like if you're trying to say like you know what do you think the differences are? For example, if you on your day off or you after school. Where would you go and what would you do? The answer will be very different,、uh, no matter who you ask, between a Taiwanese person versus American person, whether they are furries or yeah. not. Yeah,、um, furry, I think, is just、yeah. put on the subculture label on someone's forehead. But for since they do, they can be very limited. When you're like when you're a student, there's not much to do.、Mm-hmm. We talked about Infernity. We talked a little bit about like your adventures to America. This kind of like last section is just about like what are your future plans,、um, you know, for the next three to four years. Like, what do you want to do? Where do you see yourself working? That kind of stuff. Man, Michael, did you take this question from the actual interviews? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'm secretly gonna hire you. <laughs> Damn. Oh, hope I'm already qualified. Although I don't really have plans for the next three, four years. End of discussion. <laughs> no,、um, I actually don't really have a good idea what I will be doing in the next few years.、Um, I think I want to. So, professional life-wise, I think I want to start taking baby steps by changing、uh, into a different career. But、um, what it will be, I have no idea yet. I'm still、uh, taking steps, and I'm actually just signed up for Udemy to. Try to learn some computer skills. Let's see how long it takes、mm-hmm. me. Yeah.、Um, Event-wise, I think I will still see myself living in North Carolina, which is on the East Coast, in the coming、right. years, unless something really dramatically changes. We're very close to AC, FWA, and our local cons, so I still see myself attending those cons and contribute to the Finland、mm-hmm. um, wherever possible. Are you like currently renting a house, or are you like you have like a mortgage and you're paying off a house? I'm currently renting because with my salary, I'm not confident that I'm able to make payments on the house just yet. Right, right. That's another、mm-hmm. reason I might consider doing a career shift just so I can have more income and actually thinking about, you know, these actual adulting matters. People. Yeah. At least Americans are、uh, generally will be thinking about it at my current age. Yeah, you know, I'm approaching that age. Like, I just got hired as a、uh, news writer and editor for Taiwan News, and so like I'll finally start having like earning a paycheck, and 
thinking about things like, okay, mortgage, am I going to like, am I ever going to be able to afford to buy like an apartment in Taiwan? Or do I just like rent? And then I just go back to America, like I have to start thinking about like mortgages, I have to start thinking about like, healthcare, the the health of my body, um, I have to start thinking about like medical expenses in the future, if something were to ever happen to me, you know, God forbid, and then I have to think about like, you know, like, like investments in retirement. So it's like, you know, all this adulting stuff, it's scary for me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a late bloomer in life. Like I, a lot of my friends, I feel like they they figured all these these things out like five years ago, but I'm still here struggling <laughs> by your friends. So I, I know how you feel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, get new friends. <laughs> no, not that, but I mean, but by your friends, did you mean like people who are on the U.S. end or back in Taiwan? Oh uh, yeah, on the U.S. end, yeah, like like mainly like my high school and college friends, like the the people I, like I did my education with, like my high school friends. Some of them have been working for like five plus years, like uh, because they they started working after uh, college. So when they were like twenty one or twenty two, like they already had like full time jobs. But I literally like I'll, I'll be starting my work like either at the end of this month or the beginning of January, um, and I'm like 29. I don't remind. I don't mind revealing my age to the audience. Cause I don't. I don't think it really matters. But yeah. But at, the same, <laughs> at this point, it doesn't really matter. At the same time, you kind of bypass a lot of um, people. What people faces in America because people usually start with grocery store, fast restaurant, or deliver chain. Yeah. I think you by. I, Starting mm -hmm. at your current age, you jump right into your profession. You kind of bypass that by a lot. Of yeah, I pr I appreciate. It. I mean, that's that's what that's one way to look at it. Like, I I also have no regrets about you know where I am right now. Like, like I know I just told you like I I'm a little bit of a late bloomer, but at the end of the day, like I wouldn't trade that experience because like in the past five to six years, I spent my life in Asia. And I've been traveling the world. Like I, you know, like I said, I just got back from Malaysia like a few days ago. Uh, for Furham, and uh, it's probably going to be the last Furcon of 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 the year, and it's probably going to be like my last major trip until like Thai Tales or something, or like Tea Party, like Cha Hui. Like I don't, I don't think I've got anything big going on in January or February, and like at that point, like I'm just going to try to save up my paychecks and try to have like a small like safety blanket, yeah. like a safety cushion. Totally. Uh, work for a few months, and you know, just just make sure can I sustain. Can I save enough money to live off this sum of money for at least like half a year or something like that? Because um, you know, if something goes bad and I'm I'm unemployed. Well, I'm gonna need money. So like I I have all these things to think about. But anyway, it's just it's crazy. You know, I talk to you and like I always feel like you're my senpai. <laughs> I think I think I never told you that directly, but I guess that's my confession. I always feel envious because like I think like I feel like you're a very independent person. You're doing a lot of adulting. I feel like everyone here in Asia loves you. Like uh, even Polar, like he doesn't even live in Taiwan. And Polar says, "Oh, I'm, I miss Kofu." I'm like, "Yeah, I miss Kofu too." <laughs> oh, no. But you know, Kofu. I mean, Jay Z misses you. Like you know, Langye. Like you know, you know, like, everyone. Me. Oh my god. <laughs> Jay Z. I'm pretty sure Jay Z Zilbin probably misses you. I I like 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 I'm pretty sure people from JMoff miss you. You know, like <laughs> yeah, you are someone who's like you are like like known in like both like the u.s and also in asia it's like it's like crazy <laughs> it it's so funny though because um i don't i you probably think you're just like you think you're just a lion right like oh i'm just a lion i wear a hawaiian t-shirt I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just a dumb cat <laughs> <laughs> i try to i try to get along with everyone i meet on the yeah when, when i can and i definitely sure, met sure. so many people so many kind of souls over the years between different places yeah. and 
if you want to call someone senpai, I think every single person you met back in Taiwan, they are more qualified to be senpais than I am, <laughs> both in the furry fandom and also in the real world. Um, long time ago, I kind of told myself, if I am someone who gets to know people, then I'm doing okay. But if people knows me, I don't really know them. That's not really okay. And sure, sure. That's a very interesting way to put it. Yeah, I like that though. Right. That means if you are just known, or if you are actually making friends. That's my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that. I would say that it's better to like you know actually know the people you interact with. Yeah, and make real friends. But I I have really great respect towards everyone really because outside yeah. the fandom, I we had a friend who is、um, passed away now. His name is Zoop. He came from、mm. Australia, and long time ago he. When we had this similar conversation, because I was very insecure about my income and who I am at the time, yeah, he said,、uh, "If you remove furry, if you take the mask of furry away from you and you got nothing else, you need to be very concerned." That means, yeah, yeah, furry is、um, something we are having fun, and it, it could be a lifestyle, sure, but it's also a habit, a hobby. If you strip、mm-hmm. furry away, and if you got nothing, that means all your life. As you spend on furry, you're kind of not focusing on what's happening in the real world. I agree. I I think I think those are strong words and those are true words. So I think if you strip furry away from all the people I've met, they all have pretty decent and solid professions.、Um, they are mastered in life, and they're also very good at、um, interpersonal communication. That's how they're able、yeah. to make friends. Not only me. I really just have like one last, you know, question for、uh, for you for this episode.、Uh, will we see you at Infernity next year? Dungeons and Drag? No, what was it? Dungeons and Dragons theme, right? Like, was it、uh, Infernity's Gate? <laughs> well, I have to tell you, I don't have my dice ready, so I cannot tell you if I rolled a one or a twenty. So we will see. <laughs> You know, I, I everyone was so high. Do you remember that? Like, like、oh, I gotta go find a picture and like show it on the screen of like uh when the reveal, the big reveal for Infernity's. Well, it was like a Baldur's Gate like pun. It was like Infernity's Gate.、Um, Infernity's Gate. And then like, yeah, it was something like that. Infernity. And then like, surprise, surprise, like me and the translation team came up with it. I think Zilvin was the one who came up with the idea. And then the translation team just confirmed it. So the real, you know, MVP is Zilvin, I would say. Nice. And then everyone was so high. Everyone was like yelling. Like, I mean, I mean, I mean, people do that every year. But like, I felt there was like more people hyped up for next year. And it's just, I, I honestly felt like, dude, this is awesome. Like, I've attended so many furcons. I mean, just like you, you probably attended so many furcons that you can't count. Like, I've lost count of the of the furcons I've attended. And I'm like, I really felt genuinely like excited for Infernity next year. Like, I want to do at least like one party and like one big dinner, and then I think I, I'd be happy.、Um, you just want to do、uh, a little more. Yeah, basically, yeah. Like, I, I'm, I'm really hyped for that. I'm, I'm probably gonna be at Infernity next year. Even, even if I'm like, you know, I'll just get the pay time off and all that. Like, you know, I, I'll plan ahead, but. I I am definitely looking forward to doing like two big things: a big party, a big dinner, and then like maybe a third thing if there's time. Gotcha. But yeah, like I'm I'm pretty high for that. You know, I I would love to see you at Infernity 2024. I get you. I would love to as well. And、uh, one thing I would do want to stare back into Infernity.、Uh, why did I attend this year? Is because I really adored the idea of、um, having Taiwan as、uh, the theming for the con this year. Well. 
delayed it two years, basically. I feel as uh, growing up in Taiwan, I still see myself as a Taiwanese uh, living in a foreign land, even though I'm calling mm -hmm. American home right now. I yeah. feel very attached to the scene. So I want to be here because I want to be considered as part of it, you know. And I was I really glad I did that. And, and overall, uh, people from different parts of Finland collectively provided a very unique, very version of a Taiwanese experience for foreigners. Yeah. And I really, really enjoyed that. I'm pretty sure a lot of um, attendees coming from outside of Taiwan feel the same way as well. I think the theme this year is great. And, and again, or yeah, the, the theme we just had this year was great. I'm glad that you were able to make it and represent Taiwan, you know, like give give people like a, a slice of Taiwan. Yeah, I think we all contribute to that. You too, Michael, even if you. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, you are yeah. a big force of uh, introducing people haven't experienced or heard of Taiwan into this really? into this land and you're, doing... you're making me blush you are making me blush too hard right now and you can't see my face no, that no, is no, a I'm high serious. praise dude. I'm serious because <laughs> there's not a one person on this land that does such thing that oh someone from the fandom and someone from the community is coming to my territory I want to give them a great time that I think that's who you are wow Thank you so much, man. Give me a hug, dude. Like e hug. E -hug. I'm hugging my 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 microphone. Oh, no. E hug. <laughs> thank there you so is. much. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. That is a great way to end this episode. The last thing we want to do, you've you've done this before, is basically tell us your socials. Like, where can we find you? So I have a few I want to share with people here. First one is Blue Sky because uh, Twitter's going to unknown places right now. Uh, my blue sky is at Kofu Lion, K-O-F-U-L-I-O-N dot B-S-K-Y dot social. And I still use uh, Twitter or you could say X uh, uh, as of today. Um, it is K-O-F-U-K-I-T-T-Y, Kofu Kitty. And I'm going to also plug in two other socials here to help promote them. One is on uh, Whiskered, the commissions I'll be working for here local to us in North Carolina in the Triangle area. The Twitter for it is bewhiskered.com, B-E-W-H-I-S-K-E-R-E-D-C-O-N, bewhiskered.com. And the other one is Papa Barks AOS, a charity that I didn't get a chance to talk about uh, maybe for a later time. Uh, it is for Twitter, also X, at Papa Barks. P-A-P-A-B-A-R-K-S-A-L-S. Um, those are the social I would like to share at this time. And um, I guess until we talk again on the podcast again, Michael. Yes, thank you so much, Kofu. It has been an amazing you know, time with you. Thank you for spending part of your morning, um, about an hour of your morning, to uh, uh, talk with us um, about your updates and about Infernity. Honestly, it's like, would love to see you next year, like I said. Uh, but yeah, uh, we will wrap up the episode now. Um, this has been uh, your host, Michael the Matcha Fox, and this has been our guest, Kofu. Yep. Thank you for joining us. Okay, thank you. See you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.